0: Wicked, wicked, wicked. This is Wicket's
1: World with Mike Wicket on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN
0: Des Moines.
2: Well, a happy Friday. The weather in Chicago, I'm sure, is great. That's why we don't have a Cubs Day game today because they're on the road. <laughs> it always happens. Cubs baseball coming up later on tonight. My name is Mike Wickett. I will get to Kyler Murray's ridiculous contract coming up. Also, the future for Jimmy G. Happy to have you here on ESPN Des Moines, but, you know, it's about that time. Training camps are opening around the National Football League. You're getting the—we fe- I know, we got a heat advisory all weekend here in Des Moines, which makes me really want football season to get here, which means it's time to talk some NFL we hit the Big Five, we hit the Cowboys, we hit the Packers, we hit the Chiefs, we hit the Chicago Bears, and we hit, of course, the Minnesota Vikings, and that's where we start right now from Score North, and check out his Purple Daily podcast. My good friend Phil Mackey is here to talk some Viking football. Phil, hello, how are you?
1: What's up, Wicked? Uh, Actually, just I just got done recording Purple Daily here, and uh, it was mostly just us complaining about Kirk Cousins again. So, <laughs> it was ground, Groundhog Day around here. So,
2: it's a repeat from last week or yesterday or three weeks <laughs> yeah. ago. You know, you and I have talked about Kirk Cousins um, a lot, and, you know, a lot of people complain about the contract that he got. But with all these deals going on now, like Kirk kind of seems like a bargain.
1: Well, okay, here's the thing now you've cut open a vein. So. <laughs> this is the deception of these cousins contracts. And I just, I'll preface this by saying I acknowledge he is one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the world. So he is a good quarterback, but he's not, he's not a top five quarterback. He's not a guy that's going to necessarily be the greatest leader or, you know, he's not going to take a a flawed roster and elevate it. Like, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes in some cases, but because he signs such short-term ironclad contracts, It gives the Vikings no flexibility to move money around. So like Patrick Mahomes signs a, whatever it was, a 10 year contract or yeah. something, you know, a couple of years ago. And because it's a, not to get too in the weeds on salary cap stuff here, but because it's a 10 year contract and the way NFL contracts are structured, the chiefs went to him right away and said, Hey, actually, can we, instead of, instead of doing a $35 million cap hit right away here, can we kind of reshuffle some of this money into future years bring your cap hit way down so we can go sign an awesome right guard in free agency so cousins despite the fact that other players might make more money per year he actually still has the third highest cap hit in the (laughs) nfl this year because there's no flexibility no it's just like you just you it's like you pay him on a year-by-year basis and he doesn't want to sign up for anything longer, and now he's 34, so it's not like you're going to sign into a 10-year contract. But it's always he always wins the negotiation at the expense of the team. I think is my biggest frustration with him.
2: Is he 34? at that point in, in in Kirk. I mean, I yeah. guess because he was in Washington for so long, and he came out of Michigan State that long ago. But wow.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's so actually he turns 34 in like three weeks in okay. the middle of August. he'll it. be 34 during training camp.
2: Yeah. Talking to Phil Mackey from Score North up in the Twin Cities. Check out the Purple Daily podcast. Vikings uh, will be the week one opponent for my Green Bay Packers, but we're talking about the Purple right now and, and Cousins. Um, the big offseason move, maybe one of the more I, – I don't feel like people are talking about it enough because, you know, like you said, Cousins is one of the 15 best quarterbacks on the planet. They have the incredible running back when he's healthy. They've got – I'm so jealous of your wide receiving core. I swear to God, Phil – but that court the coach they used to have was such a conservative guy. Zimmer was such a conservative old school boring guy. What's the expectation early year 1 for Kevin O'Connell who used to be, you know, right there with Sean McVay out in LA?
1: Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see. I think first and foremost, he already has probably spent more time communicating with Kirk Cousins in 6 months of an off season than like Mike Zimmer didn't start meeting with Kirk cousins until the fourth year. And it was cousins who had to approach Zimmer and say, Hey, can we just meet for like 45 minutes a week in your <laughs> office and talk to and Mike shot him down the first time he asked. And then the second time cousins finally got his 45 minutes a week. So to have a head coach in 2022 NFL that actually embraces the quarterback partnership, I know shocking, concept, you know, is a huge, huge thing, and so I think whatever the best version of this offense can be and what Kirk Cousins can be, it should be unlocked at some point here with Kevin O'Connell, but oftentimes it it might take a year. Year two is kind of the year that this offense, this sort of Shanahan, uh, Sean McVay offense really starts to pop, but I will say there's a parallel. It's hard to make apples-to-apples comparisons with the Rams, but that's where Kevin O'Connell is coming from. Sean McVay in 2017 took go over for old stale curmudgeonly Jeff Fisher, which Oof. is basically how you just described Mike. Yeah. Right? yeah. And they went from like four or five wins to 11 or 13 or something absurd. And the offense went from, I think last in the league in yards to first or top three. I don't have it in front of me. So, you know, this is if, if you just get a fresh offensive minded guy in here and everyone's on board and you're, you're updating your offensive schemes and you're and you're using Justin Jefferson the way that he should. I could see a big step forward for an offense that's kind of always like between tenth and twentieth under Mike Zimmer, it seems like.
2: Talking to Phil Mackey, Score North, check out his Purple Daily Podcast, joining us here on ESPN Des Moines, talking some Viking football. Um, over under eleven games
1: for Dalvin Cook this year. Oh man. Yeah. I, th- I, I, I I'd probably take the over on that. But would then, you go over 12? <laughs> no, not. He's uh, Yeah. He's, I, I think it's it's always like three or four games missed for him. Yeah. Um. But I think the, the, the beauty of this offense is they're not going to necessarily lean on him as a bell cow. You know, I think they know what, and by the way, they have some interesting backup running backs too, that could easily be sprinkled in for workload purposes. You know, they, uh, Alex Madison has just been a really good, Backup for the last three years. But then they also drafted out of Iowa State a couple of years ago, um, Kene Wangwu, who returned two kickoffs for touchdowns last yeah. year. Awesome time in the offense, but he runs like a 4-2-40, and so they're probably gonna get him the ball. So I, I don't think you're gonna see I don't think there's any aspirations of Dalvin being the bell cow. And quite frankly, if he missed a bunch of games, with this offensive system, I don't think it would hurt them that much. He's a great player at a position and in a system that doesn't really lean on him that much, you know?
2: Yeah, I, I remember watching, I mean, obviously everybody around here in the Des Moines area watched Wan Wu play when he was at, at ISU. but And then he gets taken, what, fifth round, I think, by, by Minnesota mm-hmm. two drafts ago. And I thought, all right, there's some speed there. Boy, he, he looks like a guy that could be one of those Swiss Army knife, get him the ball as much as you can in space kind of guys.
1: Yeah, and instead, I think they used him maybe eight or ten times in the offense, and it was like <laughs> we're going to run you between the guards. Like I don't know that that's. I don't think he even did that at Iowa State, but uh, okay, I guess whatever.
2: <laughs> you know the uh, there, there are people out there. There are a lot of teams out there kicking themselves for passing on Justin Jefferson. I don't think it's crazy to say Jefferson's a top five wide receiver in this league, or even this early in his career. Phil is Thielen, How far on the downslope is Thielen, Because the two of them together may be the best one-two wide receiver combo in the National Football League.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, they're definitely in the top five. And the biggest thing with Thielen, well, age is definitely becoming a thing, but mm-hmm. he's still, he'll be 32 years old before the season starts. So Thielen, between the 20s, is not the same guy that he was back in like 2017-18 when he was a pro bowler. I think he was on an all-pro team one of those years. But he is excellent in the red zone still. So the, the last two years, he actually has 24 touchdowns the last two years, despite the fact that he's missed a handful of games, because he is brilliant as a route runner, creating separation. He has some of the best hands in the NFL. So, you know, I think – and K.J. Osborne is the number three wide receiver right now, and he's he came on and had a really good year. at 700 yards last year. So, you know, Thielen might not be the same guy overall, but when you get inside the 20, I would – I don't think he's the first guy I would take in the league, but he's definitely if you're going to rank receivers just inside the twenty, he's going to be probably among the five guys you would look to to put in your formation for sure.
2: Phil Mackey joining me from Score North. Check out the Purple Daily podcast if you are into the Vikings. This is the guy to listen to. It's funny, you know, Phil. We're talking about you got uh, Dalvin Cook, and we talk about the the receivers and Jefferson and Thielen and how good even a third wide receiver in Osborne is. And Madison is everybody fantasy football player's number one handcuff. They they always know about that. You know, Kirk Cousins can get the ball around. Kevin Kevin O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell, he's walking into a pretty good situation. It's not like you're looking at a bare cupboard of offensive talent here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we actually, on our show today, we actually... So there's a couple different roster rankings that are coming out there. Like pro football focus did all of their one through 32 rank, all the rosters and uh, ESPN.com had one. And the Packers, by the way, your Packers are uh, in the top five or six of both of these, of course, even without Devontae Adams That has which,
2: nothing to do with the wide receivers. Yeah. I, you can, you probably, <laughs> we all know that. <laughs>
1: yeah. But the line, this is, I think the Packers have kind of an underrated roster around Rogers that people sleep on, but um, that's the last nice thing I'll say about the Packers in this conversation, <laughs> but they've got the Vikings 13th on ESPN and 19th on pro football focus. So they're kind of, so let's say you average that out that they have about the 15th best roster and they have about the 14th best quarterback, you know, it's kind of the same thing on a regular basis here that yeah, Kevin O'Connell's walking into, it's certainly not the bears roster right now, no. which has been stripped down to the studs. But it's not you're you know, but you're not walking into what maybe the Chargers have right now or the or the Bills. And I think the biggest crossroads that they had to come to with the new general manager Quayshawn Olpimenta too is, okay, can we actually do damage with what we have and win games in the playoffs? Because that's the ultimate goal here. Is this franchise has been around for sixty plus years? Personally. I reject 500 football at this point. I don't need another nine and eight season. Either make a run for something bigger or do what the Bears did and set yourself up for three years from now. So can the new coach milk more out of a very similar roster than Mike Zimmer did and get you to 11 or 12 wins, which I do think is possible? Or are they just delaying the inevitable, which is at some point you got to move on from cousins and you got to strip this thing down a little bit more and you're going to know a lot more in six months from now.
2: Any shot they can give cousins another extension, like three, four more years, I would I would sign off on that right now as, as somebody who
1: roots against Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, let's right now. Before the before this one even kicks in here yeah. in a few weeks, yeah. let's see. You want to tack a couple more ironclad years out of this thing, Kirk? Sure. Let's let's see what happens. You saw what Kyler Murray just
2: did. Just give him another, you know,
1: three, four years, extend
2: him. Other side of the ball, um how excited are people about Zedarius Smith, who went healthy as a tremendous pass rusher?
1: Yeah, he's, I think, too, just like the 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 attitude that he brings and some of the leadership, you can already sort of see the way that his personality is, is changing the dynamic there. Yeah, the Vikings defense, rightfully so, took a lot of flack last year and the year before for being atrocious. In fact, they were historically bad inside four minutes of both halves. They gave up like 80 points or something inside of the final two minutes of halves last year, which was pretty much unworkable if you're trying to win football games, but they didn't have Daniel. Daniel Hunter's played seven games in the last two years. He's one of the five best pass rushers in the league. So if Hunter and Zedaria Smith can both play, and that's a huge if, because they haven't, you know, Uh but this defense, regardless of the new scheme and some of the rookies that they drafted in the first and second round, just getting those guys back healthy will make this a top half of the league defense again, no doubt about it.
2: I know Packers fans love the, uh, you know, meet. there's a meeting at the quarterback week one, and they're, obviously he wants to hit Aaron Rodgers because he was never allowed to hit Aaron Rodgers for the couple of years he spent in Green Bay. I, I got to imagine there's always momentum for week one. There's always buildup. I mean, we got a heat advisory here in Des Moines. The heat index is like 110 tomorrow. It's going to be just horrible, and we all want to get to football season. But Packers-Vikings week one, I mean, that's... Especially with Z on the other side, there's even more intrigue in this game than normal.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, I also think the gap has closed enough to where, you know, the, the Packers were pretty clearly by four, five, six games, well, I guess by like four or five games, the better team. But I think the perception here is that losing Devontae Adams is a huge blow. Rogers doesn't necessarily embrace young receivers right away, and he's going to have to, unless he wants to throw the Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb all day. So that the, like, the perception is <laughs> the Packers aren't going to be a train wreck, but they're going to take a step back. And the Vikings getting a, just a, a, a refreshing offensive-minded coach and getting some injured players back on defense. But the gap is as close as it's been probably in two or three years. And that first game isn't going to make or break the whole season, but like it's a big deal. If, yeah. if these two teams are gonna be pretty close in that division, then you wanna hold serve if you're the Vikings in, in week one. Absolutely.
2: But well, I think too, you know, every Packers fan last year watched the defense be bad for the first four, five, six weeks. And I, I you know, everybody I talk to and do on my Packers podcast, it was always just like the Packers will not the defense will not be this horrific by the time we get to Halloween. And I say the same thing about the Vikings. The offense may look, I think, tricky or disorganized or not fluid. For three, four, or five weeks. Same with the defense too, but with the new head coach in there, what the way it looks in October will not be the way it looks week one or week two or week three.
1: Yeah. Correct. And so then the job for the Vikings is okay, if it takes you five or six weeks with a new coach and all the things you just laid out, what can your record be? Can you can you because the first two games for the Vikings are not gimmies. You got home against the Packers. The Packers, I think, right now are like two-point favorites or something in that game, most sports books. Ooh. And then the, the second game for the Vikings is a primetime game, Monday Night Football at Philadelphia. And again, they're Whoa. not going to be favored in that game. So yeah. you, you could conceivably start 0-2, and then you get a home game against Detroit, which I know a lot of people laugh at Detroit, but they beat the Vikings last year and played like six tough games, not a pushover. A London game in Week Four against New Orleans, and then you don't get a bye. You come right back after London and play the Bears, which is basically like a bye, but you're also traveling halfway across the world. So, um, I mean, can you can you not start one and three or zero oh and two while you look to to build this thing yeah. up for the first time? That's the question.
2: Yeah, I mean, I you, you can conceivably you can see them going zero oh and three. I mean, I don't I don't think that's ridiculous. I think it's more likely one and two at that point. But that Philadelphia game. That's tough. I mean, they just added AJ Brown. You know, they're coming off the momentum of actually getting to the playoffs last year. Like, that's a good Eagles team. It'll be interesting to see where Minnesota is at Week One, Week Two, and then, like you said, with the big one in Week in Week Number Three. And I think the last time, the last time we saw Minnesota on Monday night, didn't they crap the bed against the Bears? Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Probably. <laughs> yeah. That sounds. Or Dallas? Wasn't it Dallas that Sunday right. night I or Monday night? I, I think you're thinking of a – there, well, there was a. They did. I think they beat the Bears on a Monday night. But you're thinking about the Dallas game on a Sunday night. Yeah, it was a. It was a home game against Dallas, and the uh, the Cowboys' backup quarterback <laughs> Cooper Rush. Yes. struck in the second half with a game-winning drive. So yeah,
2: uh, yeah. How many games realistically do you see Minnesota winning of the seventeen this year under the new
1: head coach? Um, man, I. I think the Vikings floor is very high. I don't see them again. A lot of this is barring injury, but like, I don't see a world in which they win five games. So I think their I think their floor is maybe like a train wreck for them would be a seven and 10 season. So that's, that's the good news. And they have a, they have a quarterback in Kirk cousins who in either direction is a gravitational pull toward 500. So you're kind of, you're kind of you're like, you're working with a narrow range. within everything goes right i think they can win 11 i'm not gonna say 12 i think if everything goes right i think they can win 11 games and they can win a playoff game or two so we'll see but more like the most likely scenario is a nine and eight wild card type of a situation
2: follow him on twitter at phil Mackey. don't forget about uh, his podcast purple daily joining me from score north phil always appreciate the time my friend thank you so much for it and uh Hopefully get a chance to talk to you before week one. We could really take some shots at each other.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, let's just, let's just throw haymakers <laughs> at each other for 15 minutes. Getting up to week one.
2: Be good. <laughs> Phil. Talk to you soon. Personal bud.
1: attacks. All right. See you Wicked <laughs> Later.
2: <laughs> Phil Mackey joining me from score North. He's got the purple daily podcast, which he put up. If you follow Phil on Twitter in February, uh purple daily podcast was the 10th biggest football podcast ever. In the country, behind like, pardon my take, in the herd around the NFL. I mean, ahead of Mel Kiper and Todd McShay's draft podcast. So check that one out if you're a Viking fan. Follow him on Twitter at Phil Mackey. Coming up, we got to talk about the future. It's crazy. It's summertime. We got a heat index of like 150 tomorrow or whatever here in the Des Moines area. And I got a lot of football to get into, including the ridiculous contract Kyler Murray agreed to. We'll talk about it next.
1: Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World
3: live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM
2: and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. This is Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket. Thanks for watching. On the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page, how did my mom? You know, you have a camera on you, and then there's a monitor, right? The whole time, Kira? And it's like, and you don't want a camera on you. You've already told me you don't want to be part of this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I went to a concert last night, and I look like it. Like, I look beat and tired.
0: Uh, in the kindest way possible. hmm
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kira. I appreciate that. <laughs>
0: But did you have fun?
2: I had a good time. That's I did. What I did. I did. Saw 3 Days Grace Wage War 0936. I'll talk more about that later on before we get out of here. Um, but yeah, I was like, man, I and my receding hairline really shows when the camera's this close and like my wife always jokes to me that my that I that my hair is graying.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: My wife Lee loves to point out that my hair is turning
0: gray. Mm-hmm.
2: And in this light <laughs> with this Unshowered, went to a concert last night. Look, I look really bad. <laughs> right? oh, no. I, I do. I, I no, I'm no, just no. peeking over at the camera right now. What you have
0: to do though is yeah. borrow one of Heather Lee's many leather jackets.
2: I don't think I can pull that off. I think I'm probably too no. large for that.
0: No, no, no. See, that's what that's the difference between like oh, I went to a concert and I'm kind of hungover and I, oh I'm grizzled and grizzled. I don't care. <laughs>
2: Uh, so the big sports story that happened yesterday was the uh, the Kyler Murray deal and Kyler Murray signed a 230 million dollar deal but 160 of it is guaranteed and I'll tell you right now that's a terrible contract but I'm gonna bo- I always both sides myself and I'm gonna both sides this one too It is a terrible contract from the standpoint that Kyler Murray has done nothing to deserve that contract other than be a quarterback in the year 2022. He's going to make $46 million a year. He'll make 46 million next year. The only guy as of right now that's going to be making more than Kyler Murray is Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers is a four-time MVP and the reigning two-time MVP. Like, you can understand why he's the highest-paid quarterback in the National Football League. You know, Patrick Mahomes and his contract, top five uh, contract in the NFL, won an MVP, Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. Like, you understand it. Josh Allen, incredible talent, got his team into the playoffs. If his coach was smarter, they may have wound up in the Super Bowl, but that final 13 seconds... They allowed Patrick Mahomes to doot, 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 march down the field, win that game. But Kyler Murray has done nothing to deserve this contract. And I talked about, you know, how, about the frustration level I have with my generation, we millennials, this is the guy right here. And he might even be Gen Z. So he goes number one three years ago in the draft. And, and, and a little bit each year the Arizona Cardinals have gotten better. And they got to the playoffs last year. And Kyler Murray was terrible in the playoffs. Now that they got beat by the Rams, Murray was horrible. But that's okay. It's his first time in the playoffs. That's fine. We'll cut him a little bit of slack. But Kyler Murray, if you were to rank, and you know how much I hate rankings, but if you're to rank quarterbacks, one through 10, you're not going to include Kyler Murray's name in that list. You're gonna have your Rodgers and your Mahomes and your Josh Allen and your Tom Brady. You're gonna have Burrow. You're gonna have Herbert. Probably put Dak and Lamar in there. But you're not gonna you're not gonna get to Kyler Murray's name until 12, 13, somewhere in there. Put Derek Carr ahead of him. But all Kyler Murray has proven is a. He's not durable, because the end of his seasons, he's been. Banged up because of his style. He's a guy that is a tremendous runner. Watch Kyler Murray in weeks one through eight. And then watch Kyler Murray in weeks eight through 17. He's a completely different player because at his height, he's five. (laughs) This says he's 5'10". He's 5'8". All right. at Kyler Murray's height and size, he's a bigger dude. But that body is not built to take the punishment of a National Football League season for 17 games. When Kyler is right, a.k.a. in September, he's a top 10 quarterback, probably a top five quarterback because of his legs. But when we when the seasons start to change and I realize he plays in Arizona, but he does have to go on the road and play in some cold weather games, colder weather games. When the the, the first two months of an NFL season start to attack Kyler Murray's body, he does not hold up. All right. He threw 24 touchdowns last year and 10 interceptions. That's not great. I mean, you're talking about guys like Mahomes and Josh Allen and Rodgers and Brady throwing 30, 40, 50 touchdowns in a season. Those are guys that deserve to be paid as the second highest in the in the National Football League, not Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray in the playoff game, again, first playoff game, different level of intensity. He was 19 to 34 for 137 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. And his legs, which weren't there because he didn't have them because he got hurt in the Green Bay game last year, he ran for six yards. This is a dude who's got a weapon that Rodgers doesn't have and Brady doesn't have. Mahomes can run, but not like this. And then when that weapon's gone, you're talking about a stationary five foot nine quarterback. That's tiny. That's one dimensional. And you just gave this guy 160 million guaranteed in a deal worth 230 if he lives out. Now I understand that right now this is the other side of it. Right now at 46 million a year it looks crazy. 46 million a year this is this is one of the reasons I begin to like professional sports a little bit every time when I say things like this. Like, I mean, if I have time, I'm going to get to Juan Soto from the Nationals, who turned down a guaranteed near half billion dollars at the age of 24. Because people like me and and like you, you don't make, a, you don't have, have the, ever have the opportunity for a guaranteed $440 million. And when I say this about Kyler Murray's salary, it's going to drive you nuts. Five years from now, $46 million a year is going to be a bargain for a great quarterback. That's crazy to say, but it will be. When Joe Burrow's contract is up. When Justin Herbert's contract is up. We we're still waiting on Lamar. Lamar's got to love this. Lamar Jackson is a bigger, better version of Kyler Murray. And he's only like 25. So his number is going to make this number go up. So when all these when all these numbers start going up, Kyler Murray's salary at 46 mil is going to seem like a bargain. So perhaps Arizona took a gamble here and said, you know, if we can keep this guy upright, if we can keep this guy healthy, he's going to play like an elite quarterback. And we're going to have maybe a bargain on our hands a couple of years from now. I don't like saying that, but that's the truth. And the other side of the coin is this. What else is Arizona going to do? Well, Arizona didn't have to make this deal. Kyler's still under contract for one more year. And then of course if you see the growth and the improvement and the the steady play, the consistency, you could franchise him. I mean they put themselves in this situation on a 5 foot 9 quarterback who plays well for half a season and fades every year. Now that first half of the year he's tremendous. This has been a thing with Cliff Kingsbury for his entire career. When he was at Texas Tech, great start, collapse. Cliff Kingsbury, now the head coach of the Cardinals. Great starts, collapse. So some of this is on the coach. But a lot of this is on a quarterback who a lot of people are talking about his attitude, his lack of leadership, his body language, that he's not the greatest leader for a franchise. But they're banking on the fact that this 24-year-old who turns 25 in a week, or two weeks, can mature, can be a locker room guy, can be the vocal leader, that you have to be can be a guy like Brady or a guy like Rogers who's in the locker. Everybody is behind him. I don't know. Cause he's going to be doing it that first six weeks of the year, by the way, without Deandre Hopkins, who's going to be suspended for substance. I think that's what it was. Performance enhancing, something like that. He's out for six weeks. So Kyler Murray gets play, uh, paid this massive contract. And first up is ESPN's Mike Tannenbaum, who like me doesn't love this contract.
1: I think it was too soon. I don't think they were backed into a corner because he was under contract for this year. Certainly for next year, they could have had him play out the option and would have had the franchise tag in the back pocket. So I am not seeing all the details in fairness, but I think the average per year, at least as it's being reported, seems to be high to me. Well, I think he's a good player. I don't see him as a great player. I don't
2: either. I, I, again, great players. We throw around the word great a lot. Who are the great quarterbacks in the league? Rodgers is great. Brady is great. Mahomes is great. Josh Allen's great. I think Joe Burrow is great, but I don't know. I've seen it for one year. Is Matt Stafford great? I'd say Matt Stafford's really good, but I wouldn't put Matt Stafford in the great category. Lamar, healthy, dynamic, borderline great. Won an MVP, so I guess you could put him in that conversation. Is Derek Carr great? No, he's real good. Kyler's in the real good, good category. I would agree with, with Tannenbaum right there. I think he's spot on. You know, don't forget, Kyler's got some maturity issues that were on full display in the offseason, when when he, of course, scrubbed his Instagram. Look out! Scrubbed the Instagram. That's a sign to everybody. On the, the day of the Super Bowl, Chris Mortensen reported that there was he was pointing fingers at people, that he's a self-centered guy. At some point, when was the date on this one? In March... He unscrubbed. I didn't know you could do that. He unscrubbed his his Instagram, and then apparently his agent sent some contract demands to the Arizona Cardinals, basically saying, "Here's what I want. Here's my value. Here's what I deserve." All right, that's fair, but like Tannenbaum said, they did not have to do this right now. Now maybe the maybe 46 right now turns into 51 next year if they waited another year and another run of quarterbacks who are going to be getting extensions. But I just don't feel like this is a smart deal by Arizona for what you get out of Kyler Murray or the timing. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, though. And and again, I'm not shocked it got done.
3: It didn't have to get done. Here's ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. I was not surprised it got done because I know the Cardinals have been budgeting for re-signing Kyler Murray for probably the better part of the last year. They've been talking about it internally. You know, GM Steve Keim, head coach Cliff Kingsborough, they all wanted to do this. I was a little surprised by the average per year at $46 million That puts him among the highest paid. But we all know it's all about the guaranteed money. The guaranteed, I think, came in at 160 which is pretty high. But considering Deshaun Watson got his fully guaranteed, the Cardinals can say they got a victory in that area, that they didn't have to give up more guarantees. Well, they, they got their guy for $160 million. Coming up,
2: I'll tell you, two people who love this contract besides Kyler and his agent. That's next.
1: You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.
2: 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Cubs baseball tonight. I knew who they were playing an hour ago, and I forgot. Kira? <laughs> <laughs> the Cubs baseball tonight. Who do we got?
0: It is the 22nd.
2: Today is July 22nd. Yes.
0: They are playing the Phillies.
2: All right. Cubs and Phil's tonight out east. We'll have it for you. First pitch around
0: 620-ish. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll Whenever see. Whenever we feel like it yeah, is when I, you're going to get Pat baseball. Pat will have it for
2: you at some point. You'll get baseball <laughs> when we want to give it to you all weekend long. Uh, I will get to the Jimmy G news of this week because he's going this is what I love about the NFL, and this is what Roger Goodell has done. It is summer. We just hit the all-star break in, in Major League Baseball, and all anybody is talking about is National Football League news. That's it. You know, now that we've got we're out of the Kevin Durant saga for a bit, it feels like baseball's very difficult to talk about unless you're talking about your local team. But the NFL, there's always storylines. And that's why the Jimmy Garoppolo storyline is going to grab me, and that's why this Kyler Murray story is grabbing me. 160 million guaranteed, 230 for 5 years, which by the way, if Kyle if, and I I think this is a terrible contract. But if, and I mean if Kyler Murray can stay healthy and play at a Pro Bowl level in five years. He's going to get paid twice this. His next contract will be insane just because that's where the market's going to get to five years from now. And if he's able to put together you know, a couple of playoff wins, maybe the Cardinals can get to a Super Bowl. I have no idea. You're going to look at Kyler Murray getting one more massive payday. I don't know if he's going to have the wheels he's got now five years from now, but we shall find out. In the next five seasons, what I mean we we know that when he's healthy, he's got a tremendous amount of talent. But ESPN's Field Yates brings up that Chris Mortensen story I told you about, where the biggest concern I think a lot of people have, it's with Kyler Murray's attitude.
0: There was a report from Mort on Super Bowl morning this year. This wasn't like five years ago. Kyler was being described by sources as self-centered, immature, a finger pointer. That's not the kind of thing that you just, hey, you good? I'm good. All right, we're cool. No big deal. That's the kind of thing that represents to me like legitimate frustration. So I think that's what we're going to have to find out over these next few years is Kyler, if he plays like he did the first half of last year, will become a bargain over the next couple of years. If Kyler does not, or if he plays like he did down the stretch last year and the year prior to that, then all of a sudden we're going to be saying, yikes, Arizona may not have had much of a choice at the time, but they backed themselves into a corner.
2: And I think they did back themselves into a corner. I mean, you look at his quarterback rating the first weeks of the season last year, 120, 117, 93, 120, 104, 129, 121, and you look at the quarterback rating at the end of the year, in 72, 67, 72, the playoff game was a 40 because he was so bad in that playoff game, but it's because he was injured. And this guy's body is not built for 17 games in the National Football League. I'll tell you one guy who absolutely likes this deal, who loves this deal, ESPN's Tim Hasselbeck
3: he's a really special player. He has unique talents in terms of his ability as a runner, his ability as a passer with how developed he is uh, as a passer at this early in his career. He's a perfect fit for what Arizona wants to do offensively. And so I think when you look at that and you look at what the quarterback market is going to do, which is only go up when Lamar Jackson you know, signs his contract, when you know Justin Herbert, who's maybe the next guy, signs his, it's just going up. And so I think for the Arizona Cardinals to recognize Murray wants a deal before camp. It probably makes sense for us to do this deal now because we're probably going to end up doing it anyway and the price is only going up. I do think he is worth the money.
2: I don't know when what when the madness is going to stop with quarterback play because or quarterback pay. Quarterback play, the ability of these guys is insane. It's never been higher. Cumulatively, it has never been higher. I know someone old school is going to be like, Well, the 90s, we had uh, Troy Aikman and we had Joe Montana and we had Steve Young. and No, 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 no. Look at the quarterback play we have right now between the two old guys in Brady and Rodgers. But this crop of guys in their mid-20s are insane. Joe Burrow's insane. He did that off of a year where his knee bent backwards. Josh Allen, how much better he got in three years. He was the rawest of the raw first-round quarterback I've ever seen inaccurate coming out of Wyoming. He's incredible. I like to take shots at Dak. Dak's a tremendous talent when he's healthy. Kyler Murray when healthy is incredible. You know, then you have the guys that we're not, we we don't know yet. Like Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance. We we don't know what their future is going to be. We know what they did in college. We know how dynamic quarterbacks are in college. And think about the guys like Bryce Young who are getting ready in a year to come out. And C.J. Stroud. I mean, these quarterbacks are crazy good right now. And I don't know what the, like, let's say that Bryce Young, who is the quarterback at Alabama right now, he's out next year. You know, six, seven years from now, let's say Bryce Young, who's going to be the number one pick or the number one quarterback taken in all likelihood when he does come out. What's his number going to be when he's 25? If he's great. What's C.J. Stroud's quarterback paycheck going to look like coming out of Ohio State. When if he's great 6 years from now. I mean it's not inconceivable to think about this. Somewhere right now in America there is a high school quarterback who 10 years from now will be making 80 million dollars a year. That's not crazy. 15 years ago, quarterbacks didn't make 20 million a year. Now Rodgers is making 50. Kyler Murray's making 46. So maybe financially, Arizona said, whoa, we got to do, we got to take, put your chips in. I'm playing poker later, so I'm in a poker mode. we have got to push our chips in. We're going to gamble on this guy and hope it pays off. Hope he can stay healthy because Kyler Murray now is going to be a lot cheaper than Kyler Murray in two years if they just let him play out his contract and then franchised him for a year. You, you kind of had to do it, and that's what ESPN Sarah Spain said last night here on ESPN Des Moines
0: yes, there are some serious questions about Kyler Murray's ability down the stretch of the regular season. That's tied to his teammates. That's tied to Cliff Kingsbury and certainly questions about his lack of playoff experience. He's only a couple years into the league and he's already getting this incredible extension. The same time, that is the best problem to have for an NFL team. There are far bigger issues that include not having a quarterback at all than worrying about the contract
2: you just gave one, at least in my opinion. I mean, there are a lot of teams out there that would kill to have this problem. Would love to have God. Do we pay a franchise quarterback? I mean, it, think about the Lions. It's where you always go. Or what? You know, what would the Redskins rather have? They got Carson Wentz right now. Yeah. You know, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, wouldn't you love to have Kyler Murray as opposed to? I don't even know who the Falcons' quarterback is anymore. Now that Matt Ryan's in Indy, I don't know who the Falcons' quarterback is. So it's a good. I mean, it's a, it, it sucks that you have to gamble on such an, an oddity of a football player that is Kyler Murray. But it's a good problem to have that the upside is MVP. Like, what's the upside of Jared Goff? Nothing? Solid? Jared Goff's upside is Kirk Cousins. That's it. It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not Mahomes. It's not uh, Josh Allen. It's not Herbert. The other guy, though, by the way, loved this contract is Ravens quarterback, Baltimore, a uh, Baltimore Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Here's ESPN's Jason Spitz, who tells you how much he lo- he because he knows that Lamar loved this. you got to look around and say, the market just told you that they're going to let that happen. And if the market told you they're going to let that happen, then you've got to look at it and say, now what's the market for Lamar? Well, The the market for Lamar's got to be higher than Kyler Murray. You have a hard time convincing me that the market is lower than Deshaun Watson. So Lamar Jackson just made it much easier to justify. I want at least as much guaranteed money, if not more. And I want to be in these situations. I think he just took a tick up in the amount of money he's going to get paid. Absolutely. Because you know what Lamar Jackson is? A bigger, better version of Kyler Murray with an MVP in the bag. I have no idea. And the thing about Lamar Jackson, too, I don't know if you know this or not. He has no agent. So he's doing all of this on his own. Doesn't have to pay an agent anything. Lamar represents himself. So Lamar is sitting here like, really? Really? Kyler Murray got $160 million guaranteed? Kyler Murray got a $230 million deal? I'm better than Kyler Murray because he is better than Kyler Murray. Lamar Jackson loved this contract. <laughs> Absolutely loved this deal. Now, in terms of the Ravens, They're kind of in the same situation. You know, the Ravens were in first place when Lamar Jackson got hurt and I think lost almost all of their games last year after Lamar Jackson got hurt. And so they're kind of in this same situation. Like, if we don't pay Lamar Jackson, what do we do at quarterback? What is the plan? And that's why Jeremy Fowler from ESPN says the Ravens may not
3: have much of an option. So are they going to give this deal, though, to, to Lamar? I don't know that even the Ravens are willing to give him the Kyler Murray deal at this point. From what I've heard, it's like there's a gap in the pay. It's going to have to be bridged by one of the parties. And right now, it hasn't been. I don't know if there have been enough talks, uh, enough negotiations to even get that far. Because, you know, Lamar talked to GM Eric DaCosta at minicamp. That was considered productive. But that was also really a a victory at the time because they hadn't had a lot of conversations. And so maybe it will heat up now that Lamar is back in Baltimore. He has reported for training camp. By all indications, he will be on the field. Uh, And so in good faith, maybe they can negotiate this a little further. But right now, there just hasn't been enough movement to even know what it would look like. If you are Lamar Jackson,
2: you got to look at that Deshaun Watson deal and say, I want that and a dollar. I want that and one extra million. 230 million completely guaranteed for a dude who may not play this year. That's the deal I want. But you know what? Add a million onto it or five million or whatever. He's going to laugh at this Kyler Murray deal because there's no Kyler Murray. Come on, bro. I'm Lamar Jackson. I mean, there was a one point last year, Lamar Jackson, I think after like three weeks, had more total offense than like six teams in the National Football League. He's that kind of a player and worth that much more than a guy like Kyler Murray. I love the NFL. We can take a story and talk about it and talk about it. And there's all these different angles like Jimmy Garoppolo news on Jimmy G this week. What's his future hold Uh, some really good stuff and some interesting, you got to twist some numbers when it comes to Jimmy G, his story is very different than Kyler
1: Murray's and I'll hit that next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to one Oh two, one FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines.
2: 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. This is Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Happy Friday to you. There is a heat advisory here in Des Moines uh, all weekend. I believe it begins tomorrow at noon and runs all day. And I think into Sunday, whatever, the heat index will be about 110. So make sure you stay hydrated. Find those cooling stations. Stay inside if you can. Hello, if you're watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. Hello to Mikey. What's up? Brant, Frank, Scott, Eric, Alan, and my mom is also watching, among others. Hello to everyone. Appreciate that very much. All right, so the other NFL story before I get out of here is the Jimmy Garoppolo story. Jimmy G scheduled to make $25 million with the uh, San Francisco 49ers, but they have already announced that basically the Trey Lance era is beginning, all right? They moved up to draft Trey Lance last year. This is it. So they gave permission to Jimmy Garoppolo this week to go search for a trade partner. And I don't know what you get for Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe a fourth round pick, maybe a fifth round pick for Jimmy G. I don't know. Um, You know, one team that really there's a couple of teams out there that have been floated about this. And we'll get to the Seahawks in a second and how taboo it is to trade within the division. But it's the Browns, right? Like you look at the Browns, they traded away Baker Mayfield. He's down in Carolina. They've got Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun may not play football this year because he's only facing, I think, 26 or 24 or however many sexual misconduct charges. That's fine, though. The league the league, suspended Calvin Ridley for an entire year for betting 1500 bucks, but they may allow Deshaun Watson to play football, even though he allegedly inappropriately touched 26, or I saw his high number as 66, different female masseuses. But it's fine. It's it's okay. So Bart Scott, whose show I interrupt every single Friday to to do this little program was asked, should the Browns go grab Jimmy G?
3: No, especially if you we we anticipate you don't think the Browns understand the fact that they signed the quarterback and the level of quarterback that they signed let you know that they really intend on having Deshaun Watson for them, you know, in the near future. You know, like you said, maybe the first quarter of the season, he may be gone. But then once he comes back, this team is equipped to be able to do damage. This is top four as far as a talent perspective team in the NFL, and Deshaun makes them elite because Deshaun, no matter you know, what you feel about anything, is probably the top a top four quarterback in this league.
2: I, I don't know if he's a top four quarterback in the league. I'm not going to sit here and argue, well, I have him six, or I have him four, whatever. Deshaun Watson, when he played for Houston two seasons ago, was unbelievable, and he had a crappy team around him. What Bart said there about the talent with the Browns, Boy, Baker Mayfield is going to kick himself because he's never going to play on a team that is more loaded than the Cleveland Browns. And then they added Amari Cooper, who, if he's healthy, he's a very good wide receiver. That offensive line, that running game, that defense, that pass rusher, that safety, they got talent all over the board in Cleveland. And while I think Deshaun Watson should not play this year, he probably will. The NFL doesn't really care. They'll give him a six-game suspension. Jacoby Brissett's good enough to win two of those six games, probably, with that run game with Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They could win six games. I'm they could win two games, maybe, and then bring back Deshaun, give him a couple weeks, and they go off and they fly. So what
0: about Jimmy G's future? Well, here's Field Yates. I think we are staring at the possibility that one month from right now, Rather than Shefty tweeting the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo have agreed that he can seek permission or he can seek a trade, he might be tweeting, hey, after unsuccessful attempts to find a trade, the 49ers have decided to release Jimmy Garoppolo, who could latch on and find a new team because he becomes a free agent immediately. Maybe their plans when they made the trade last year were one thing, but it feels like a couple of circumstances have led this to be a situation where San Francisco – doesn't get to play every single card that they envisioned when this process began.
2: I could see that. You know, if you were, because, and we're going to hear from, uh, we're going to cut four next, Um, because if you think about the amount of money that you're paying Jimmy Garoppolo, $25 million, who's going to give up, say, a fourth-round pick and take on Jimmy G's salary? And that's why Nick Wagner, who writes for ESPN San Francisco, says that Jimmy's going to have to take some kind of a pay cut
0: I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to be willing to take a pay cut to go somewhere. Um, And you'd say, well, why would he do that? Well, because really none of his money is guaranteed from the 49ers this year. So on paper, he's scheduled to make $24, $25 million uh, in base salary. But in reality, if he gets cut, he gets none of that. So any team that would be willing to potentially trade for him would want to knock that number down, but it would still at least give him some guaranteed money. That he wouldn't otherwise
2: get. So he's gonna have to take some kind of a pay cut, most likely, to go somewhere. Cause again, you're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who's not an exciting player, but a guy who has done nothing but win when he's played, and he played 15 of the 17 games last year. So all this Jimmy G is soft crap. Throw that out the window. The guy got you to the NFC championship game. The guy, albeit they didn't look real good on offense, went to Lambo and beat the Packers in the divisional round. I mean, he won two playoff games last year. If he was able to make any kind of play in the fourth quarter a couple of years ago, they probably beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl. I mean, Jimmy G wins. He's not going to throw for 5,000 yards. He's not going to throw for 50 touchdowns. He doesn't run a 4-2 like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. He's not the most exciting guy in the world, but the guy just wins football games, and he's a fine player. And if we're talking about guys getting... 45 and 50 million dollars a year, 25 mil for a guy who can come in and win you 10 games seems like a bargain. And if you have a good running game and a good defense, this seems like a guy who can get you to the playoffs. Now, can he win the Super Bowl? I don't know. He, he got there with that great defense that San Francisco had a couple of years ago. So here's Harry Douglas, who, you know, a second ago, Bart Scott said, no, they shouldn't go after Jimmy Garoppolo. Meanwhile, Harry Douglas says, if there's no Deshaun, if word comes down that there's no Deshaun, then they should go get Jimmy G. Deshaun Watson is suspended for a season. Clear cut. I think the Cleveland Browns need to go get Jimmy Garoppolo because they have a Super Bowl roster, a team that can win right mm. now. And it's not like the learning curve, learning the offense for Jimmy G will be uh, at, a, at a steep point because Kevin Stefanski came from the Mike Shanahan tree. I mean, this is a guy... Who can come in and learn an offense pretty quick? He's a smart guy. He's a good dude. And I love this cut we're about to play for you from you from Shea Cornett because a lot of these guys are moved around like they're commodities. They're they're cut, they're signed, they're traded, they're whatever. He could have had the worst attitude in the world when San Francisco moved up to get Trey Lance. But Shea Cornette brings up a great point of just how lucky the 49ers are to have a guy like Jimmy G in this attitude that he
0: has. If he was going to step back and be like, I'm done, man. Every year I'm going to get traded. I'm going to do this. I'm a backup plan. I'm the 33rd best quarterback. I'm an insurance policy, essentially, when all I've done is win for you and do whatever I can to lead this football team to the postseason year after year. Great point. I'm done with this. Totally. I wouldn't blame it. And and quite frankly, that is what would have happened, I feel like, with a lot of other starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. And quite frankly, when the trade happened for Trey Lance, he couldn't have been more gracious about it. Yeah, no problem. You know, Brady did this with me. I'll do this with Trey. We'll get him up to speed. We'll do what we can. I understand the meaning of being a good teammate. I mean— that was his attitude about it. Yeah. Find me another quarterback that then would have been happy about giving up the farm and trading up to the number three pick to take a new starting quarterback. So the Niners, in my opinion, should consider themselves lucky.
2: Aaron Rodgers didn't do that with Jordan Love. Now, he's not abusing the relationship between he and Love. Favre didn't want to help Aaron Rodgers. Nobody wants to help the guy that the team drafted to replace you. I mean, Ryan Tannehill with the, the Willis kid they took out of Liberty doesn't sound like Ryan Tannehill has any interest in helping him learn how to play in the NFL. You know, the the gold standard is the way Alex Smith treated Patrick Mahomes, and you talked to Mahomes, and, and, and when I was in Kansas City, that's all Mahomes ever talked about was, thank you, Alex Smith, thank you, Alex Smith, because he sat behind Smith for a year, learned, and he owes a lot of his success to that first year where he learned under Alex Smith. And I think if Trey Lance... If Jimmy G moves on and Trey Lance has some success, I believe you'll hear the same sentiment from Trey Lance when it comes to to Jimmy Garoppolo. And by the way, the other team, maybe the Browns are the answer, who knows? The Seattle Seahawks are rumored. People are like, oh, you can't trade within the division. You sure can because, A, your price tag is going to go up higher if you're the Seahawks. You're going to make them give you a third-round pick, and the Seahawks aren't a Jimmy Garoppolo away from winning anything. The Seahawks need to be torn down to the studs and start over. They lost all their draft capital when they traded for Jamal Adams. They're a team that is devoid is void of talent. There's just none outside of my guy, DK Metcalf, who should be a green Bay Packer, but I digress. That is a team right there that you can get, you know, if, if they have interest in adding Jimmy Garoppolo and why would you at this point, if you're Seattle, why would you add Jimmy Garoppolo? You're not a Jimmy Garoppolo away from contending with the Rams in that division or the Cardinals in that division. They need to play this year out, find out if Drew Locke can play, and and go into the draft. Maybe they start looking at a quarterback out of the gate. Maybe they trade DK Metcalf for the Packers for Jordan Love. I don't know. I'm just saying. That's a possibility. I, I throw these things out there. So well, I, I can't wait for the next NFL headline to grab all the attention. But this week it was all about Jimmy G and then Kyler Murray. My thanks to Phil Mackey for coming on the show today from uh, Score North. Check out his Purple Daily podcast if you're a Viking fan. And if you're not a Viking fan, sure it's pretty funny too to listen to all the high hopes and expectations that Phil has and Viking fans <laughs> that they have. <laughs> uh, Kira, thank you very much. Well, Three Days Grace on the way out. Nice. Yeah, not at the concert last night. We'll do it again next week. Comes baseball coming up tonight here on ESPN Des Moines. Have a great weekend. Stay cool, Des Moines.